welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I'm your host, Ben Mandelker, and we are at episode... I'm sorry, turn... No, wait, I was going to say episode... We're at something. We're at, at something. We're at something. <laughs> <laughs> Round 14, episode 12, and today I am here with Jennifer Schlickburn, the game pioneer, and Paul Satachit, the game breaker. Hi, guys. How are you? Okay, and yourself? I am absolutely great. I am actually here in frigid New York at my childhood home, specifically podcasting from my childhood bedroom. And these two, they can actually see me because we have our we have our webcams turned on so we can see each other while we record. And you guys have seen you guys can see how my family has <laughs> turned my bedroom into a closet of some sort. So this is this is the state of me at the moment. No, it's uh, it's it, it, it. I think I'll send your parents a copy of Marie Kondo's book. <laughs> Um, but you know what's actually funny? Can I show you guys this? I'm just realizing, yeah. I'm sitting here, I just looked to the left. This is so appropriate for this podcast. I am seeing some of my childhood board games, like, should I, wait, should oh, I pull it out of the oh, stack? Wait, hold on, look. Wait, one yeah. second. I'm going to pull it out. Hopefully I won't cause an... I'm going to hopefully yeah. not cause an avalanche. Okay, okay, here's what I'm holding up. Of course, it's an audio oh. format, but you just have power of imagination. Oh my God. This yeah. is... Clue. This is an old version of Clue. This version of Clue is a Parker Brothers Clue. This is when the when board games came in boxes that looked like where a cummerbund would fit in. And <laughs> this is this is the Clue that had the the the, the suspect. This, it's a photo. It's photographed, so yep, yep. it's not drawings. Oh, wow. This right. is you remember this? Do you guys remember this is from 1972. Oh, Right. Look at that. Look at that. We're going to, uh, the pod, you know, this podcast will now be about like uh, digging through Ben's memory lane. Memory lane. <laughs> there's, al- there's also uh, the Game of Life, Sorry, and Balderdash right here, but I'm not going to pull those you, out. Yeah, you should be sorry for still having the Game of Life. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I uh, uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> the Game of Life, you know, was my favorite game as a kid. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I always just like that. That what, what you the call car. it? When you just yeah, the car <laughs> basically, and you just spin and spin and go like you know, no skill. But you know, when you're a kid, you just think like, oh my god, my life is going to be so good. I'm, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> I'm going to have these kids. And... I'm still waiting for my hundred thousand dollars. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what about my... what about what about the skunk farm? I was always try. I always landed on my uncle's skunk farm in that game. I'd always get the skunk farm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I loved I loved that putting the little pegs in the car and you go over the hills. Uh, it's a very heteronormative game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but actually, it could, it could easily be adjusted, right? Like you know, like actually, you just put, yeah, yeah. You get two blue pegs, two pink pegs. It, it's totally, it's it's totally, it's a heavy time. It had to be subversive. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys know of the Blue Peg, Pink Peg podcast. They're actually one of my favorite board game podcasts, of course, outside of our own. And uh, But their name is Blue Peg, Pink Peg. And they actually mentioned on a recent episode that the designer of the Game of Life recently passed. So, yes. Oh, yeah, I saw no. that. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I hope they, they made a lot of money. <laughs> I hope so, too. $100,000. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Jennifer, how are you doing? Oh, I am doing fine. Thank you so much for asking. Looking forward, my my child is committing 
to come down this year finally so i am um looking forward to actually seeing him again you know it is nice that we can do video you know so at least i can see that he hasn't cut his hair in two years and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you won't be surprised when he walks in the door Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm still going through my the games that I bought for the postponed S and Day, but uh, we will get there. We will get there. You also just recently did a video about Arc Nova that I saw on the internets. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, nice. Yes, Good. I loved. By the way, I loved your ensemble that you wore. You had sort of a nice black and white thing with a with a right. necklace. Right. It was very lovely. Right. Yeah. Well. You know, at first I was doing the videos in a t-shirt, and my mom has passed away, but I was thinking, you know, she'd kill you for going out in public in a t-shirt, right? <laughs> so I started getting more dressy and using some makeup and, uh-huh. you know. Camera ready, looking, camera ready. Right, looking like she'd want me to look like. Although the irony is that the t-shirts that you had worn were always wildlife t-shirts, which would have right, actually been yes. the most appropriate thing. Right, I know, huh? But she would not have understood that. Trust That's, me. <laughs> it's always better to dress up than to dress down. <laughs> I say that as someone who dresses down way too much. Paul, what's new with you? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I dropped you off the other day, and you gave me half a cake. And within 24 <laughs> hours, that cake uh, was was gone. So yesterday, I, I ate half a, a chocolate cake, and then uh, I I chased it down with like you know a half a bag of like Hawaiian potato chips. And uh, and I thought to myself, I go like you know, I guess today is my cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess so. To clarify, you like you dropped me off at the airport. Paul took me to the airport. It's not like he just dropped me off and I gave him a cake. But um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, talk about the game of life in the game of life. That was your cheat day. Yeah, no, uh, the, in the updated version, like, you know, like it, it would be go like, "Oh, you go keto. Oh, cheat day." You know, <laughs> go back four or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But it was great. It was a great cake, and you know, I have to say, mood-wise, I was very happy, even after the the <laughs> thousand calories of chips, you know, that chase, you know, so you know, like it's all good. It's all good. Life is good. Good. Uh, I'm sorry to contribute to. I'm sorry to be an enabler to your cheating. I, I think um, it's a yes, and uh, uh, it's, it's a mixed thing. I think I think you're a little, you know, it, it, I, I'm very appreciative of, of the cake. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> you know. Well, Yes. I am sad that I missed the cake. Well, we can. I'll make you a cake too, Jennifer. Next time I Thanks. see you. Do you know that my aunt used to make me an apple cake every year for my birthday, and she passed away. And I do miss my apple cakes. I so love when is your cake. birthday? That's the question. September fifth. Oh, all right. Well, we can give you a um, a belated apple cake birthday cake. Awesome. That would be awesome. I will absolutely do that for you. Um, but easy you. to make and delicious. And, you know, yes. I have been, I, so I have actually been totally not around people. Uh, even with Paul, I had my mask on, but I've not been around people because I'm here in New York. I'm doing, I'm, for my other podcast, I'm doing a huge, huge, huge show. Uh, so we are going back on tour for the first time in two years and it's our 10th anniversary. So we're doing this big show in New York and I'm desperately, you know, like trying to avoid getting Omicron before the big show. So I've not right. been doing in-person stuff, etc. Right. So, right. but once this show is over, 
<laughs> I will, I will, you know, I will come, I will resurface with cake. And <laughs> it's like you've gone into a cocoon and like, you know, and then you, the cocoon opens up and then like, there's Ben of the cakes. It's like Venus. <laughs> it's like, what, like Aphrodite on the half shell or whatever, but I'm holding it. Right, really, huh? Um, I didn't even mention this. Today, we are going to talk about the 2021 game Batoku. And afterwards, we're going to discuss what we look for in gaming groups. Um, are you guys ready to talk about our game? what ga- game nights we've been doing? Sure, sure. sure. Digital game it. nights. <laughs> Digital game nights. Well, no, and also some in person, too, I think. Oh, that's right. Jennifer. Night. Um, I want to hear, first and foremost, from Jennifer, you last weekend... You were going to do an Essen day. Did you do it? You did a game day. Was it an Essen day? What what happened? No, no, no. So, you know, we had to dial that back, you know, yeah. given what was going on. So I did have a few people over. We all wore N95 masks. We were all boosted and vaccinated. And we did play some games. But like I said, it was not. My intended Essen day, which is now scheduled for March, when the surge should be over, just about. My uh, physician tells me expect another surge in May. So, uh, (laughs) so I'm gonna. (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He said it's gonna be May, June. Expect it. So get your gaming in during (laughs) March and April. Okay. So, So. then March and April, we're going out to eat every night. <laughs> so, so what did you wind up playing in your abbreviated, um, well, in your in your dialed back, not really Essen day? Uh, I played Messina, thirteen forty. What is it? Thirteen forty seven. I, I think so. Yes, so many numbers, right? Yes. And then I played Ark Nova. Um, I was really tired, you know. And to be honest, this year's Essen Day will be the last one that I do. Really? It oh. is. Yeah, it's just become two things. Too much work and too expensive. And this is the year I am going to take control of my, my 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 funds and do a much better job. And part of that is going to not be buying games at premium prices. Good for you. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. That's great. So, um, uh, what? When is so yours? It's going to be S- the new S and Day is going to be in March. Yes. Um, and what what sort of games? are going to be at this Essen day that you've been able to track down so far. Uh, Yeah. So we will have Arc Nova because by that time, uh, everybody should have it, but we'll still have it. And um, we will have Golem. We will have Batoku. We will have Squaring Circleville. um, The uh, um, expansions to Takenu and Teotihuacan. We will have, um, let's see, Tabanusi. We will have Boon Lake. We will have, um, you know. All the games. Um, okay, oh, uh, the t- Tokyo Market and Tokyo Metro expansions. Stroganoff, Brian Boru, uh, and Shinkansen. Wow, so- oh, and Im- Imperial Steam, for sure. Yeah. And if I might add, maybe you could also uh, add the Game of Life. The Game of Life. Uh, <laughs> um, no. That's an addition. No, no. I told you I'm trying to keep 
control over my spending in 2022. So unless Ben wants to donate his copy. Of The Game of Life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe we can, yeah, well, maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll just, I'll just bring this on the airplane. Um, what did you think about Messina, by the way? You know, at first I didn't like it for two. Then I liked it, but then Bruce and I, my gaming partner, were discussing it yesterday, and we were disappointed in the fact, like, okay, so the plague comes in, right? And then you beat up the plague, and if you don't, you get rats, right? Yeah. The problem is you never get the rats because it's too easy to Mm. eliminate the plague. Interesting. Yeah, and so now I'm unsure. Because, see, like in Stone Age, for example, let's say that you do the starvation strategy and you don't feed your people, right? Well, there's benefits to not feeding your people. There's opportunities that you get, right, that you wouldn't get. But here, there's no benefit to not getting rid of the plague. Uh, and I can understand, you know, from a theme point of view, why they did it that way. But for, for from a game point of view, it removes the tension from the game. That's very interesting. Um, I am. I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, I just haven't had a chance because, again, I've been sequestering myself. Um, but it's interesting because uh, Tom and Trey, I think, had very enthusiastic responses. I, I actually, I don't remember if Trey had an enthusiastic response or not, but I remember Tom did. Um, right. And then it seems like Matt had more of a yeah, it's pretty cool. But it's not. It's it's cool. He wasn't blown away. Sort of getting the same sense from you. So I don't know. Right. I, I'm realizing I'm turning into a sushi fanboy. So I probably will <laughs> love it regardless. No, but that's fine, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a Lazarda fan girl. You know, that's, I'm that. I'm. You know, uh, Trey said though on the last podcast last week that he thinks Tom's enthusiasm for the game is going to wane. Mm. Now we'll have to see what exactly mm. happens. He's just pointing to the outfield and he goes over there. That's where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know they'll probably like you know if you I imagine if you add like a uh, you know in pandemic you have the bio terrorist you know you put, <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if you have like you know Vasita like you know the people who are just trying to end the world. Yeah, I think that might create a, a different tension. Well, well, I mean, Lacerda added aliens to on Mars, right? Yeah, yeah there you go. It, it, it all works out. Just had to add some like, what would be the uh, the equivalent of like uh, anti-maskers in the in the in the black in the in the black plague black, era, black. or anti-vaxxers, I should say. Yeah, actually, though, it wouldn't have helped them. What they needed was armor. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they needed, uh, yeah, like, it, like it was the fleas, right? The, uh, yes, fle- right. Yeah. So, so basically, the the opposite might be a, a rat breeder. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, that's how come it's called a plague and not a pandemic, by the way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, um, speaking of plagues, uh, Paul. What have you been playing? Speaking of plague, Paul, here, full stop. Paul, full stop. <laughs> our, our resident plague. <laughs> Paul, what have you been uh, playing lately? Let's see, I've been playing a, a bit, a, a few stuff on BGA and TTS. Uh, let's see, on BGA, I've been playing Arnak with Matt because he wanted to play, and. Did you and I play uh, Ruins Varnak uh, mm-hmm. on TTS when it first came out, or was it me and Matt? Because Matt doesn't remember playing with me, but I remember with him, but it could have been with you. 
I think I played with you and Matt, to be honest. I think we yeah. played a, a three-player game together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, like, at two-player, and, uh, you know, it's it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's a... I would... I personally feel like it's more like a pastime than a game. I mean, you just, wow. you just, you just pick it. I know that's a, that's a hot take there. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, uh, I feel like, okay, like I see what's happening. I'm not really invested and it might just simply could be because it's TTS. Maybe it's two players, maybe because it's just Matt and we're just having friends. I'm sorry. There's a, there's a leaf blower outside. If it's you okay. can hear that. Um, I, I don't hear it, but, uh, I, I'm playing okay. a few games of guy project, uh, on the, uh, BGA and they don't have like you know in the in the IRL version uh, like the last player who picks a faction gets to set up the board so that um, so that it's their way of balancing you know like uh, the maps are like you know so no one takes the super whatever so if, uh, uh, BGA doesn't do that and basically like in this last game I started with Ben uh, and Trey uh what has happened is I, I'm picking last the last faction and like you know every every faction left was like terrible, like super duper terrible. I go like, oh I've already lost. I haven't even put down my first mind and I've already lost. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Like, you know, like, uh, uh, <laughs> <The> defeatist, <laughs> defeatist in, like, in a fatalistic, <laughs> like, you know, cosmic kind of way, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but it was, it's like, you know, I'm still loving it. Like, you know, I'm loving the, you know, like the, the decision space. I, I, I hope that guy project does the auction factioning, not like faction auctioning that Terra Mystica has done where, you know, you, right. uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's, pr- that's probably my favorite way to balance asymmetry because mm-hmm. that's it because it's, it's perception at that point and you know and so everyone yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. did you see our our long discussion on the discord about oh Optimate? yeah oh my goodness uh, I, I, I i i woke up i saw a bunch of stuff i go i i can't engage right now <laughs> I've, been, I've been reading along i chimed in once or twice but i've been yeah. reading along it's been it's been actually it's been it's actually a cool conversation yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Which yeah. Is good. By the way, you should all join uh, the uh, the Game Brain Discord because there's cool conversations like that that happen. Right. But, right. And cool people like Ben and Paul. <laughs> and Jennifer. Uh, and Jennifer. Uh, let's I'm see, but, mostly a loudmouth person <laughs> on there. Yes, cool and, and loudmouth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the game I'm most excited about that I'm playing is on TTS. It is. An, Hegemony. Hegemony. <laughs> Hegemony. <laughs> and uh, like I'm playing with uh, Elder, uh, you, Ben, and a friend of the podcast, David Gilson. I, and like, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard Tom like just like gush about Democker in like a way that you go like, oh, you, it first starts like, oh, this is interesting. And goes, oh, this person has a mental problem. Uh, <laughs> but but like, you know, I'm playing Hegemony. I've never been as enamored with a game out the bat, except perhaps maybe Avalon. And even then, it's a, it's a, it's a fair competitor to Avalon. Like, you know, this, it, it, they play nothing the same. They're, they're completely different games. But my, uh, my enamoredness of it is so... Like I'm just loving every single wow aspect of it. Like, That's it, it, really cool. It, it's it, crazy. You, you go, Jeffrey. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, you're going to make me break my budget. Well, <laughs> well, well, we could do a try before you buy, Jennifer. We can, the, one of the joys of, of TTS is that you can sample things before you buy them, which is really helpful. So, so we, we can, you know, you can try it out and see if, if it's a game for you or not. Um, Paul, what are the, what is it that, why are you gushing right now about hegemony? Why are you loving it so much? Like, you know, I'm only playing, there, there, there are four factions, and, like, they are all, you know, so I, I, only, I only play one. They're all very asymmetric. So I can't say that, like, every faction is perfect, but I think everyone is enjoying it, so I think they may be. But there's such a high level of interdependency amongst every single uh, faction with one another that mm. you're like, oh, every every decision affects this person and this person and this person and we're all kind of like we're, we're all, <laughs> exactly but like in, in a strange way we're not we're not fighting against each other we're 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 doing our own interests and it, it feels like a great modeling of just like you know class warfare or uh, warfare is probably you know class struggles like everyone has their own own desires and each desire is relatively like understandable. Like, you know, like the government wants the state wants to make sure everyone is happy. Uh, they want to be legitimate. You know, the capitalists just want to make money. Uh, the workers just want to have enough to eat. And the middle class <laughs> is, is trying to like, you know, toggle a little bit and they seem very reasonable, but in, in, in their, quest to get what they want like you know there's such what's the word i want to use i i, I want to say like you know like you're shoving each other but it's not that like there's just such interact like an innocent thing that you do has ripple effects on other people it's completely yes. unintentional and so yes. you're getting hit by these ripple effects that aren't malicious which is it's just which is so just, good. It, but if, it's so if, good. talk about the game of life this game actually feels like this is the game of life this is the one where you know, everything that you're doing has an impact on all sorts of different elements of this little society that we have. So you have, like right now, I'm playing as the state. So I'm the beneficial government that is helping everyone, that everyone loves, that has been doing nothing but thinking of the people. And Paul is playing the working class, which is this, he's playing them as a voracious, craven, self-interested group. <laughs> that, that is, I mean, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding the workers. I'm, 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 I'm giving them education. But like, what's really interesting about it all is that, um, is that like, I have not, like, I'm the game breaker. I, I, I have not actively attacked any one person. And what? yet, I, and yet <laughs> yes. I have attacked every person <laughs> well that okay so i just ordered it me and wow. tts well the thing is if i play a game on tts that i don't know i i downgrade it by three just automatically because i hate mm -hmm. tts so with paul's glowing oh, um, assessment and it, it's not expensive it's only 60 i mean had it been 120, no, I wouldn't have done it. But for that amount, I think I can stay within my funding goals. I think that you, I think I think you'll be happy because, I mean, one thing that I've been really impressed with with the game is that um, 
everyone by the way i was just joking paul is not being a craven working class you know like he's not he's he's honoring he's honoring the he's honoring the people he's representing but um he but what's cool is though that like when you play the game you automatically step into these roles and you know last week there was a whole discussion about immersion and i mean this game to me is like it's so immersive so far because every everything that i'm advocating for as a as a board gamer like hey don't do that because i'm going to give you this deal or i'm going to do this or whatever everything that i'm doing to get ahead as a gamer reflects what i feel like i would be saying if i were actually the state that the state and i feel yeah. the same way with paul when paul is like listen hey um listen if you drop the price on your healthcare i'll buy healthcare from you so it almost is like you're forced into these roles and it's it's actually yeah. it's amazing and the conversations you have and the negotiating and it's not a negotiating game but you wind up negotiating and it, it reminds me of the game new angeles that um uh the first time i met all you guys sure. uh um, all you folks sorry um <laughs> that's when yep yep um that's when uh you you all were playing it and mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like New Angels was actually trying to achieve what this game, the vibe of this game. Mm-hmm. And um, suffice it to say, we're clearly going to review this and uh, we're going to go so, so far deep into it. But it, I mean, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm like literally blown away by the game so far. Yeah, yeah. And like, we're not even like, done. And uh, I would say like to go riff out what you just said, like the role, you role play seamlessly in it. Like, you know, the game, like kind of like, just ask you like it doesn't even ask you 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 just wind up in the role and you don't resent playing the role like you know it, it's it's yes. it, it's so effortless in that way so i like once again we haven't finished our first game we're in round four it's right now it's a long now. game it's a long game but every round we're going round by round but uh, yeah we we just we're we have just finished round three but every round is like delicious and exciting and again you know the reason why i was saying that paul is being this voracious working class is because his whole thing is just to consume and he has now created an engine where he's just like consuming and consuming and consuming. He's just taking all the goods from across the board and he's just, now he's becoming more and more prosperous and it's kind of like, wow, what an interesting sort of commentary this is making about like, you know, we're just going to eat. We're just like, there's the, there's just, we're just like, it's sort of like saying that we're like, we as people, sometimes all we do is just like, take, 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 take. I'm not saying that about the working class people, but it seems like the game is starting to it's just, create a narrative in our session. Uh, Jennifer, you go. Yeah. How does it compare the oath? I'm so glad you asked that, Jennifer. <laughs> because it was in the back of my mind. I, when Paul said that this game seamlessly causes the role playing, I immediately thought of oath. Which for me was the exact opposite. I don't know if it was that experience for you, but to me, Oath was like, as they say in like writers' rooms, it was very sweaty. It was like try, it's trying so hard to make us be these, like feel these roles. Like, oh, if you you can do this, but you can't quite do that because like it added all these rules about what you can and can't do, almost because it's like be like because you are this kind of role, and as and like to to make sure that we stayed in that role, it had all these limitations and rules or whatever, and I I. This game to me, like, just totally achieves that seamless role playing. Great, great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Did either of you ever play a game called either Hunter, which did that? Yes. Okay. And Republic of Rome, which also did that. Uh, I never played the latter. What about you, Paul? 
like uh, yeah. we brought to the table once. It's an older game. And and basically, it's one of the few times where Tom brings the game and goes, "I we 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 need to play this. Let's go old school. We need to play this." And so halfway through the rules explanation, he goes like, "You know what? I don't remember how to play this." <laughs> Are you talking about Hunter or Republic no, no, of Rome? no, Re- Republic of Rome. And so uh, I, I just remember that I've never pl- almost playing it, but not quite. But what what's what's more, they like Jennifer. Like, are they just seamless uh, role playings? Yeah, the and. You know, the rise and fall and voting who's going to be in charge and, you know, the whole, you know, fluidity of the game. And that Mm -hmm. sounds like that fluidity is there in in hegemony as well. Yes. And um, also what's what's great is I totally one of the things I really enjoy about Hunter is that seamless role playing because it's a very wonky game. Like it's wonky. The rules are crazy. It is, and 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 if and played in the wrong way, it could also be problematic. So, uh, but it is played in the right way. It's actually very fun and silly. But what's cool about Hegemony is that it's it it's seamless role playing. But there's also like a real game that's going on there, and there's like real decisions you have to make. And like Paul said, it's so interactive. It's it's it's. I mean, I I wish like the conversations that we are having and like the the laughing. And the accusations sometimes, and and there's a there's like even the election the election there's an election process where it's you're pulling cubes from a bag, which is probably going to be the area where it gets dinged the most because that's totally random, and it will probably be very frustrating for some players. But I always find it to be really amusing because it's happened a few times. Paul has so many cubes in that bag. He has almost all the cubes in that bag. And the last I have vote all my did, cubes. In, I have all my cubes <laughs> in that bag. <laughs> and the last vote, he want what was the thing you were voting for, Paul? You wanted to vote or you were voting down um tariffs? Yes, yes. And none of his cubes like I think no, two of your cubes came out. And like <laughs> it was just amazing that like here he is, so against tariffs, and then none of his people come out to vote. Like, because it just feels but, like it's random, but it also feels like thematically hilarious. Exactly, it's like like life, where like you know, here here is what's best for you guys. Like you know, just just do this, and he goes, ah, I can't be bothered to go vote. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't be bothered to vote. I mean, that's, uh, Jennifer, to, to uh, the way I would describe it is like I have never like the game is so uh, interactive. I've never seen Elder as talkative. Live or on TTS, as, yes. I, as in this game, it's just so. It's just so whatever. Like whatever that word is, it's so that. Yeah, I'm. I'm well, so, I can't wait to play it in real life. Me, I'm. I. That's that's what makes it so exciting is knowing how. Like wow, it's like it's already so fun on TTS. How is it going to explode? Okay, we're going to come back to hegemony <laughs> yeah, probably yes, in a exactly. later episode because this is not a hegemony episode. We're just really excited because we're having a really fun time playing it. But there's something I want to mention. Um, what I've played recently, um, this uh, I think will be of specific interest to Jennifer. Uh, because they're all eighteen XX games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're missing it. She's doing a dance. Um, <laughs> first I want to say I I played eighteen MX on on eighteen X uh, on eighteen XX games, uh, and had a really fun time with two of my friends playing that. And then we're also after that we finished with that we're playing. Uh, something called 18 Florida <laughs> that's on that site. Is, is, that's a which, thing? Yeah, and so we're doing it just because it's like, it's I don't know why. For some reason, it feels really funny to do an 18xx game based in Florida, and uh, we already have some silly rats going on. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep you updated on how that game goes. But the one that I really want to talk about uh, is 1848 Australia, 
So um, I got this game because Matt had ordered it. And then he, I guess he realized, he's like, I'm never going to be able to play this game. So I bought it off of him. And um, I played this with Paul and my friends, uh, John, uh, John, Stacy, and I guess you could say friend of the podcast, James. Yeah. And yeah. we had a session. This was actually right after our last podcast, Jennifer, two weeks ago. And we and had. You didn't invite me. You were in. You were in S and quarantine. We could. We could have put you on Facetime. Oh, we'll put you, yeah, we'll put you, that's that was true. But um, <gasps> also, you would have had no patience for us because how long did we play for, Paul? Well, we started at two p.m. and we ended at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see Jennifer's. <laughs> <right now. laughs> well i you know i did a no i've never done an 18xx for 23 for 25 hours no no it was 12 hours 13 hours 13 hours oh no i've done them for 12 hours oh yeah right 12 hours sure 18 a full game of 1822 is is gonna be 12 hours yeah like yeah this I one mean, was billed out, by the way, as being a four to five hour game. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, did you have fun? Um, Super I think, duper. <laughs> I think it's going to be in contention for next year at the when we talk about looking back on on twenty twenty two best gaming experiences of the year because it was it was it was tremendous fun. It was long, ah, but it ah. was. I'm, I'm sorry, but you, but you but you did like you know. Like, I think it's one of those longs where you don't your mind doesn't feel it. You feel it in your body. Right. At, exactly. At, yeah. At, at, at our at our eleven, you go. Oh, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> How that? <laughs> like you know, you're like you're like a kid, right? Like when a kid yeah. just goes like, I'm so excited. It's like and then all of a sudden, like boom, they're out. You know. And, and, right. I, I, I go, like, it was, oh, like you go. Was, you go. Well, I was gonna say. Are it was you just, guys willing to? play it again because oh yes yes without a heart, within a heartbeat Paul? I, I love it yeah i definitely it was probably the best 18x that i played it's it's, really? it's operational it's more operational focused than stock focused. so it's it lends into my wheelhouse a little bit more and so but, as i as i jump off the pad cost and drive to, to my flgs right <laughs> you're being so mean to jennifer because she just said she's going to stop buying board games and get her funds together and now I we are know, raving I, we're I, raving well, you know what i mean the uh you know we'll look at it in context right so if you buy an 18xx game from all the board games you're looking at over a hundred dollars almost every time yeah. Versus 1848 is done by GMT Games. So you can not only not have to pay list price, but you can usually find it at a discount, mm -hmm. you know, on an online store. So, you know, I think it can still work within my budget. Um, and especially if I think I can get it to the table. So I'm going to look more at some of the attributes and maybe even Paul might even come over and like play with Bruce and I, maybe, maybe, maybe was, we'll see. Let's see the apple cake. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll <laughs> right. have apple cake in Australia. I think yeah. that, um, no. So here's what was really great about it. I think I, and, and I'm trying to figure out if it was the game or the group because the group was 
and this is great. We'll, we're talking about game groups later, but in this case, our game, this group of people, it was kind of like the perfect group for this game that day where everyone was like dialed in. Everyone was like, everyone just was like at that same kind of like level. And everyone was, I felt like everyone was bringing their, their A game. And so one of the reasons why the game was so long was because you had to really consider what everyone else was doing. And it was kind of like this exhilarating, um, it was just like it was just it was exhilarating to be around a table that was just so present. In sync. In sync. Yeah, yeah. in sync and in present. And um yeah. and the game also had a lot of drama in it. So um basically Paul and Stacy, they started off like they started off in a pretty strong position. So they they were killing it in the early game, and I had like a huge blunder right out the gate. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be playing catch up this entire game. And then in the mid game, Paul and Stacy, they were doing well, but then people kept kind of like leeching up. They kept on selling their stock, you know, since they were doing well, their stock went up. So then people would sell their stock uh, so that way they can start their own stuff. And then so then Paul and Stacy kind of got stuck in kind of like a weird like holding pattern. And then someone, then John started to really the, rise the Austra- up. The Australian sunken place. That's where we got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so then john really rose up and then he was killing it and then and james was doing like a very long-term investor strategy so he wasn't even building anything and then i came in and i was like you know what my only thing that i can do is i just have to just take a sledgehammer to everything and so i went out of my way i rusted trains i i was basically a tripwire it got me back in the game and then through all the rustings and the machinations and the loans and this and that in the end, it wound up being James and I who had the slow start, being neck and neck. It came down to like the very last operating round, I, and, I, I, and I managed I'm to pull ahead. I'm in heaven, death listening. Like, like the, the game, the the difference between uh, scores between the highest and lowest was about two thousand dollars, and the difference between winner and second place was about six hundred, maybe. Is that is yeah, that five right? Five or six hundred dollars. Yeah. Which, it was which it's is awesome awesome it's, a, it's an amazingly tight game for an 18xx where you you oftentimes lose by thousands like, right exactly and it felt it felt it felt like everyone you know might have had a chance at the end there things were really kind of escalating and i i had this i had a moment where i had a clear lead and then everything started to crumble for me and i was just holding on by like i was just like please let this game end please so i can win it it was great <laughs> Uh, like I don't know what it is to be like you know like like in England for eighteen twenty two or whatever. But like I, I used to live in Australia, and ah! and I, and I found it very nostalgic, even though I wasn't around Australia in eighteen forty whatever. <laughs> I was going like I was going I was going like oh I know this train. This train goes to my town. You know, the, and it, yeah. it was oh, just. Cool. Cool. And it was one of those things where I go like, oh, and I, and I don't want to over speak because I only lived in Australia for four years. But I go like, wow, this feels like Australia to me. This feels mm. like, you know, because uh, whatever, whatever, that is, maybe it's the, the gauge of the, the track having to switch between uh, uh, states or well, they don't call it states. They call it something. But it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like uh, it, it was just so it was so Im- immersive. Uh, for yeah. me, anyway. Th- but- yeah, I'll just mention. You know, um, I've talked talked a lot about the experience, but I, Jennifer, you said some of the attributes 
Um, I will say one thing that I thought was really interesting about the game. There's sort of two big... One, the big thing about the game is that there's like a Bank of England that you can invest in. And the Bank of England does better as other people fail. So like anytime people need to take out loans, the Bank of England stock rises. So you're kind of like investing in people failing. Which is really fun. And there's a whole thing with the Bank of England. I'm not going to get into it, but that's a really cool right, thing. Right, right. But- well, maybe at some time you'll do a review of it yourself. I think so. I mean, I would love to do that. Um, but I think the thing that was really cool on the operational end is that, like Australia itself, like almost, you know, in Australia, unless I'm mistaken, Paul, you probably have a better insight, almost like all the big cities are really sort of along the coast, right? Yeah, so, 100%. As a result, even though you have this big board, almost all the all the rails are kind of like jockeying for position on this like narrow strip along the coast of the map. And and it, it's like a token battle. And it is just it's a really, really intense um, track building situation. We're all just like crammed in and there's lots of uh, tile scarcities. And it reminded me a lot of 1882, if anyone's played 1882, which is a no, not one. yet. It's 1882 is a really fun one. It's a kind of like a, a, a nasty little game uh, in the best way. And so uh, it has some of those edges. Uh, it's going to be, that's definitely one to look out for and uh, cannot, uh, I'm very happy Jennifer to, uh, to teach it to you. Great. Great. Ooh, that was cool. a really good game night situation. Any, any other game nights before we move on to the news? Uh, uh, nope. I, I'm not- done. Wow, I feel like whew, I feel like that was those were some great games that we just were talking about. I'm like, oh my gosh! Well, but I mean, isn't that what we all are about? Looking for those great game experiences, yeah, and, and being grateful to have them. Yeah, yeah. That's ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, here comes the news. Um, the first thing, I don't know if you guys saw this, but a 4,000 year old board game was discovered. As long as we're talking about vintage games, <laughs> it's it a 4,000 version of the that. game of life. It, it, <laughs> being so an apothecary, this... you know, collect, you know, 10,000, you know, what Sumerian ducats or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So archaeologists have unearthed the 4,000 year old board game. I'm reading this off of, um, artnet.com. Um, and basically it was found in um, Oman and unfortunately the rules have been lost to time but um, maybe that could be like a challenge for BGG right like uh, house, like the ultimate house rules something like that <laughs> yeah mod modding yeah. the, the, the 4000 year old game sure the question is will this game be available on TTS that's the question that's right. like, it, it already is you know? Yeah, because yeah, you know it's in the public domain now. <laughs> I think the rights have expired. Um, but how cool is that? A, that four thousand year old board game. That's such yeah, a cool no. thing, right? Yeah, like it, it shows you that. Chain magnet. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, 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 wow. it's a, no, it's they had such sophisticated like, games you know. back then. <laughs> <laughs> what, Paul? What were you saying? I was in 18xx BC. Right. <laughs> 18 BCXX. Uh, okay. Um, Everdell for everyone. Jennifer, you actually the first one who brought this to my attention. Do you actually want to talk about this news item about Everdell for everyone? Um, no, because I I wasn't prepared. Okay, that's okay. You don't have to. 
Um, basically, that's the advantage of being a dark skinned black person. No one can see you be all embarrassed and stuff. Well, I obviously <laughs> cannot speak to that experience because I'm as white as they come. But um, but this is Everdell for everyone. So anyone who's played Everdell may notice that there is uh, there's like a pair of cards. Uh, is it like a it's like a like two mice or two rabbits? I can look it up. I will actually be a responsible podcaster and actually go to the article while I talk about it. Um, but it's two adorable mice, and one says husband and one says wife, and they basically Everdell has come up with an expansion. And they, the designers say that the the husband and wife were supposed to kind of reflect. It was like a little Easter egg for the designer and and his wife. Uh, but they want to be more inclusive. So now, um, the, the the with Everdell for everyone, it's going to be left blank, and you can write in your name, and you can write in how you want to like you know uh, refer to yourself, um, which is very very cool. As <laughs> everyone everyone's no, just gonna no. soak that in for a moment <laughs> well, well, I, 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 it's, well i was gonna say like i've never played everdale <laughs> well it's like, definitely I not think, 1848 I, yeah i think for you paul that's okay yeah, yeah like I, I i missed that cycle for whatever reason like you know like you know, yeah yeah or- yeah you know it's gonna be one of my my early subjects when i get on with things and uh, and talking about gender in board games and i think it's you know it's a big subject and i don't think publishers are doing a great job except for this this is a mm-hmm. good job it's a step and uh, yeah. yeah in uh, uh, addressing gender in in board games yeah um yeah i agree i I think it's cool because um you know i wasn't i didn't i didn't look at everdell and you know for by the way newsflash i'm gay but i didn't look at everdell and i wasn't (laughs) like how dare they you know i'm not you know i'm not like that but you know you know when people do things like that it's one of those things we say you know what you didn't have to necessarily do that but the fact that you thought about that and that you considered me is like really nice it's a nice right, thing to do. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly as we were talking about with with Golem is that they considered Jews or yeah. they considered black people in this game. Or, you know, I mean, that is representation is so, so important. Yeah, and it also normalizes. It's like little things like that normalize things for a broader yeah, culture. Yeah, right. And when you normalize things, you know, there's a whole, you know, all this stuff kind of trickles down. You know, and it trickles it down helps. into it can, ha- and it can trickle down the wrong way when it's not being addressed. It, it, it trickles down into hate crimes. It trickles down into, uh, you know, people being denied for jobs, discrimination. So when you normalize things, it, it, it every yeah, little bit, exactly. little things to help. So exactly, Ben, and that's why it's so important for us to do these kinds of things in board games is to send a message that yes, being gay is normal you know being non-binary is normal being black jewish uh generic asian <laughs> nice 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 uh, uh newsflash everyone i'm asian <laughs> um so one so yeah. one company that has also embraced gayness is cards against humanity and they have uh, a pride pack for their cards. And cool. the reason why I'm cool. mentioning this actually is because this is something that is bridging my two worlds of podcasting. It is bridging oh, board gaming yeah. and it is bridging my bra- my love of Bravo television. 
Um, so on my other podcast, I talk extensively about the Real Housewives of Orange County. And I just, this is not really news. This is more like Ben is just so happy that these worlds have collided because on the latest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County, a firestorm is being ignited because one of the women, her daughter has come out as bisexual. So one of the other Real Housewives, in an effort to sort of be like, cool, you know, I'm bisexual too, because the other, this new housewife is also bisexual. To be supportive, she gave the 17-year-old 17, 17 girl the pride pack for Cards Against Humanity, and now the mom is not happy. And it's <laughs> it's turning into a fight that is, uh, you gave my daughter pornography! So I just want to say, I'm just so happy to see board games making an impact right. on reality TV. Right, right. You know? exactly. Um, another thing, one other, one last thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like this this falls under our purview as game brain people. Um, the thing that's kind of taken over the internet of the past two weeks or so is Wordle. Have you guys yep, played no. Wordle? Uh, I have played Wordle. Do you, are you, I, I do you know what it is? Don't plan to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Wordle is um, it's just like a little word game. Literally, just look anywhere, you'll find it. I'm not gonna go into, into the words. I'm into the rules of it. It's a fun word game. Um. My friend's podcast called The Past Present Podcast is actually a uh, history podcast. And they, uh, on the latest episode, looked at Wordle, but then they also looked at fad games um, mm -hmm. through history. Um, it's really interesting. It's mainly discussing word games, but they talk about things like Mahjong, Scrabble, um, Backgammon, and how these games, um, you know, had fad moments and what those fad moments mean, etc. cetera. Uh, I did not realize that backgammon had this big moment in the 60s and 70s where it was like this very chic game that all the celebrities were playing. Did you guys know about this? I yeah, did not. Be because I actually won a 64-person backgammon tournament. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, in, in, in 78, yeah, it was big. You know, in fact, I still have some of the the backgammon books that I that I studied. Yeah, um, you know, Cal State LA offered a, a 64 person tournament. I entered and beat like I don't know. It, it went what? It would have gone eight rounds or six. You know, it went a lot of rounds, and I was able to 64. Uh, 64 people enter, Jennifer walks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, right, as a black woman, <laughs> I, I think it helped because they, they assumed that I, I couldn't play, mm, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. And, no. I, <laughs> and so I just beat them. You just, I mean, that's great. I mean, and by the way, I'm talking about ancient board games. Backgammon is also one of the, one of the, I mean, that's also one of the real old ones. So, it all comes it's together. It's very, very old. So uh, check out Past Present. It's a great podcast in general. Um, but uh, it was really cool to to hear about some of the history of of these games and crosswords and also all sorts of cool stuff. It's a, it's a good listen. Well, like um, one of the things I like about Wordle is not even the you know like it's masterminding with words and I, and, I, uh, and I thought that's that's neat. But like what I really like about it is their marketing. Because they only let you play one a day, and that and that's how they got and, and that's how they got addictive. Like you know, you 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 have success with one, and then you I want to play another one. You can't, and then you have to wait another day. So they get you the it's it's a slow play, you know, addiction, which is like slow, you know, slow drip, yeah, yeah. Slow and drip. I go like and, and I go like I, resp 
I see what you're doing. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> and yet they don't even have a single Google ad on the page. I'm like, put yet. just one Google ad, make yourself some money. Yet. They don't have yet. yet. Not, not, you know, just, just do it. Just well, be. Everything well, doesn't have to be monetized. Until they get, see their fees for their server. Uh, exactly. <laughs> then, they, then they're going to be like, we're going to put up like a Google ad or two. Although maybe maybe it's one big like you know like farm for people to you know like guess people's uh, passwords like you know like you, there's some met- <laughs> data metrics that uh, for, for example letter passwords. Exactly. I I start off with the same word every time in in Wordle, same mm-hmm. five letter word, and that's Bayou because it has the mm-hmm. A Y O and U, and so like if the you know. Like you're gonna have one of those vowels. If not, it really reduces the number of words. I, I think everyone has their initial word. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you guys are playing Wordle, you can uh, put in the Discord, like, you know, what your initial word is. Uh, Mine is my, by you. My friend uh, goes with adieu. Adieu. It's, it's a it's a very popular one. Yeah. I you know I used to have my opener. I used to do least, but uh-huh. um, you know, lately I've been enjoying starting with a different word each time because I. Honestly, I'm looking for that. I still have not gotten the Wordle in two guesses thing, and oh. and I feel like if I do the same opener every time, I'm I I'm not gonna. I don't. I feel like I'm not gonna get that that two guess thing. I I got I got it the other day, like two days ago. Robot, ah. because of Bayou. So mad. All right. Does uh does anyone have any games on the brain, or should we just move on to the review? What do you guys What are you guys feeling? You guys want to talk I- some Batoku? Uh, yeah, let's talk to Batoku. We'll, uh, there, there'll be some opinions. There'll be some opinions. <laughs> there will be opinions. Did you guys get it? Did you folks? Dang it! I mean, uh, 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 <laughs> you are guys. You are. We guys. are guys. Actually, yeah, it's not incorrect. Right, but I do want to use folks. Did you yes, folks get too. a chance to play it again? We did. Yes, oh, we did. We okay. did a three, t- three and a two. Um, so. Let me tell everyone about Patoku. Okay, Patoku came out in 2021, published by Devere Games. Uh, the designer, and I apologize, I, I, this sounds so cliche to say, I apologize ahead of time, but I really do, because I hope I say this correctly. German P. Milan, I think your name is. Uh, that is the designer, Art Edu Vallis. One to four players, and on BGG, the weight is 3.64. Uh, I also noticed on BGG, it's the publishers of your games, but it all. I also saw Yellow was was listed. Jennifer, do you know is Yellow going to be distributing it uh, in the United States? No, I don't know. And um, yeah, see, one of the things I wish BGG wouldn't do is is list distributors who aren't publishers. Yeah, because it creates confusion. You know, yeah. they should have the publisher, the copyright owner, right? Mm-hmm. And then the the licensees. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to say it that way, but it needs to be broken up. Yeah, I, Maybe- I agree. I agree. By the way, do you guys hear my chair creaking? I apologize to anyone. I just realized this chair, this old chair from 30 years ago, as I'm sitting here recording, is like, it's like creaking about to fall apart. So if anyone's hearing lots I don't, of creaking. Well, you're asking the hard of hearing person. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. Okay, I apologize to anyone who may hear that. Okay, so let me tell you guys, uh, give a very brief overview of Batoku, and then we'll get into it. So um, it's basically a hybrid worker placement hand management game. Would you say that, Jennifer? Worker placement hand management, right? I would say, you know, we'll get more into this. Given the way we play, or have played, because I didn't play with you guys in the other times, 
Um, the, given the way that we have played, it is much more of a hand of a worker placement game than it is a hand management game. That is not a final conclusion, however. Okay, yeah, that's why I wanted to check with you. Um, so, uh, according to BGG, that's uh, a game where players take on the roles of Batoku spirits of the forest in their path towards transcendence with the goal of elevating themselves and becoming the next great spirit of the forest. So, um, what that means is we're going to be sending pilgrims down paths for various benefits. We're going to be gathering what's called crystals, and that will improve our income and our actions. We'll be collecting little dragonflies and uh, what's called uh, Matima, Matima spirits. Uh, we'll be getting rewards from those. We're going to construct buildings, and those buildings will make those worker placement spots more enticing or effective. Um, we're going to be gathering rocks, and the rocks will give us endgame scoring uh, uh, points, lots of points there. And this, we're going to be doing all these things and more by uh, playing cards and placing dice on the board. That's sort of like a very, very broad overview of the game. Um, so one of let's I feel like one thing that we definitely have to talk about with this game right off the bat is its presentation. Um, it is Jennifer. Why don't you tell us about how this game looks and what it evokes? It looks like a big splash of colors, like some, like even almost a graphic painting, you know, of stuff. And you're going, where is the game exactly? Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you look at, and then you go, oh, look at these little squares. Oh, that must be where the, the, the game is. You know, I, I, now that I know the game, I I love the presentation. However, many people I think will find it off-putting when they first look at it. It's yeah. a little. It, I don't say impenetrable or like it, it's it's intimidating. Like you know, because you want right. there's there's nothing graphically that goes like oh this is this. Like you kind of like look at it and you go like oh this is so much color, so much uh, explosion in your face. Uh, that it's a little bit daunting as to go like, oh, I don't know how to even move in here or what, what my moves would look look like. But well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to mention that, you know, on Tom, Candace, and Trey's BGGCon uh, podcast, they mentioned that, that it looked overwhelming and so they didn't play it. Yeah, but, but like to, to yeah. go with you, what you said, Jennifer, like uh, I had the same experience. Like, you know, once I played it once, like, everything was accessible like you knew it like it really is it's just that initial reaction but like once you play it you know where it makes sense it's intuitive in some yeah ways. it's 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 definitely it's a, it's a big beautiful <clears throat> splash of color color like you said there are tons of but there's tons of stuff overlaid on on the color in terms of like work replacement spots like everything there's a lot of things that go on the board so there's a lot of outlines that are like you know there's an outline here for where you put a card an outline for a box whatever so when you see all these boxes and outlines and things in that you're like oh my god you i think your brain automatically assumes those are all places you have to like deal with but a lot of it is actually just supply it's like okay when we here's a place where we're going to put all those rocks that we talked about it's just like it's like little markets so it's really actually not as scary as it looks i'm actually it reminds me of um the board for prago cap at regni a lot of things in this game actually remind me of that game um mm. but praga also has a big busy board that is probably is like intimidating i i personally am you know 
uh i i love the board for praga because it reminds me of 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 like books of my youth like little you know like illustrated books and i'm like looking around and as i see all these sorts of cool things this one is very beautiful it doesn't take me in the same way but it doesn't it's, it's not obligated to take me in, in the same way um uh, but one thing that people have been saying is that it really reminds them of the Miyazaki style of studio. Uh, uh, Gib- Ghibli is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Paul, I don't know. I think it's Ghibli. Uh-huh. <laughs> I should know because I literally went to a Miyazaki exhibition uh, like two weeks ago at the Motion Picture Museum. And by the way, if you're in LA, definitely go check that out. The museum's wonderful, and that exhibit is excellent. And in fact, I think that that actually may have affected me a little bit because. The the board is very Miyazaki, but I actually found that the cards did not feel as Miyazaki to me. They felt like they were in a sort of different style. It's really not a critique, but I, it would have been really lovely if, to me, the cards had sort of followed through with that art style. With the same lightness that Miyazaki is known for. Yeah, they're like a little... I feel like the cards get like a little sort of like almost... The, the art style just becomes a little bit more grotesque. Not gross, but grotesque. Um uh, but it, that's that's literally not a criticism. It's just an observation that I thought was was interesting. Um, what did you guys find? Did you guys did it, what did you guys think about the rule book, Jennifer? Did you navigate this rule book at all when you were learning the game? Yeah, because that's all there was. I don't believe Nathaniel's video was out yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I believe we did learn it from the rule book and i thought it was fun it wasn't fantastic i mean mm-hmm. you know i think for me the the gold standard of rule books is uve rosenberg's uh, feast for odin mm-hmm. and it doesn't meet that but i've read way worse rule books so um this one was fine i had no issues i had re- i actually had issues i had i found okay. i had challenges with it i they it has a very sort of um the the organization i'm not going to say it's unique or whatever but they basically they go through like okay here's what you do like here's here's how you take actions that's like the first half and then it's like and then these are the actions you can take which is a pretty normal thing but i i found it i found this i found it hard it's not that the the writing was difficult i found it organizationally difficult to find the things that i needed and i was working off a pdf and so i often would just say command F and I would type in a search term and I can't imagine in person if you don't have that ability to do a command F. So I actually found myself often uh, frustrated. And one thing that I found was, was, was hard in this rule book was the theme of the game is again, it's, it's sort of like uh, it's a lot of mysticism and they're really trying to like push this theme on you and they push the theme really hard in the rule book. So like everything is like, then take the piece from the hills of the whatever. And so you're like, what are the hills? You, then you have to go to another page and find, to, to a map to be like, where? what are the hills? And you look, oh, those are the hills. Now I go back. And I found that to be uh, a little frustrating. And I could see that being a barrier for people trying to get into this game. Like I, I, I saw, I saw, I read, uh, read, I heard this podcast <laughs> talking about Toku. <laughs> uh, I consumed this podcast. I'm talking about Toku to a little bit. And uh, they had a a, uh, a problem with the rule book as well. And someone made the. I wish I could refer to which podcast. I just I just listened to everything at at three and a half speed, so like I, it all blurs after a while. But like uh, they said that uh, some rule books are good for 
teaching you the first run through and some rule books are good at the reference and it appears that this game this rule book is not very good for referencing because mm. it's uh it's not designed that way and to to its detriment uh in some ways and maybe like if you were uh, just learning the game and you just step by step going through it. Maybe it's a better experience, but that's not what mm. we had. I think uh, that actually may have been blue peg, pink peg. I think that I think I, I, they said probably, that. Well, um, that. There yeah, is a very I good think, play raid, though. Play yeah. very yeah. good. Yeah, I think you know some some rule books are now doing the reference book. Like, didn't Oath do that? They had a learn to play rule book and then a reference book. And I, perhaps I don't know about this, that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm ninety nine percent positive that's how okay. they did it. And you know, as a person who started in the hobby with Avalon Hill rules, mm -hmm. which were as dry as anything you could imagine. And a tech manual. I'm, <laughs> right, exactly, right? <laughs> and so I'm a little more biased to the learn to play style. Yes. Because the dry reference was so, but you know, I wrote those rules and and they were hard to write. And this feels like okay, well, you know, we do this and we do that. Yeah, I think though, a they could have included an index that would have helped, mm. right? Yeah. And you know, even separating the two sets of rules because you know it's hard to know what people's expectations are going to be as a publisher. I would think. So yeah, I, I don't I don't want to overspeak because I I don't know if exactly if I know what I'm talking about. But uh oh, uh, but like you know, so, <laughs> never stopped any uh, of us. So yeah, sorry. So uh, when I was in Tokyo, or uh, or not Tokyo, Japan in general, like uh, it might have been Tokyo. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Like. I was told that like building numbers were not given by where they are in on the map position, but in the order of which they were created. So imagine trying to find a map of you know of of uh, of, of whatever city, and like you know one is here, and like two is across the, the you know the city, and then three is like four blocks away from right. four. It it is crazy. So I like I imagine like you know the way that. Ben was bitching about the rule book. <laughs> I was going like, "Oh, is this very Japanese?" Or <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, right. Am I am I running into a cultural presentation? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I don't know, but but like Ben has been very very uh, uh, tempered in how he described the rule book. I'm being book very because... I'm being very polite right now. Like I don't know what's going on. I could not stand this rule book. I'm gonna say it right now. I could not stand it. Like, it drove me yes. nuts. It drove me absolutely nuts. I don't know. I found like every time I needed to look up something, I had to go to three different areas every single time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I tell you what, maybe if I can, you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to loan you a copy of the advanced civilization rules and you'll just love them to death, Ben. <laughs> well, um, they're written by a master of the craft, right? So. <laughs> Course, They're actually, I didn't do the core writing. I did the editing and the proofreading. Yeah, I mean, I think really the, the, the thing is just with the rule book, the, the language is clear, but it was that combination of, of things were, it was hard to like look things up. I, found, I just felt like things were not in the places that I wanted them to be. And then on top of that, there was like an extra layer of obscurity because there's a lot of thematic references that you're like, okay, what is the... 
what is the hall of the I, I I'm I can't remember the names of all these things, but everything is really is referred to as specifically as like their this their 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 name in the game, which is what that makes sense right. they should be, but it's sometimes when you're it's just so trying horrid. to <laughs> it just it just it was it was hard and I just you know I think it's really worth noting because if people see this colorful game and they're like Miyazaki fans and like ooh I want to get this game they may have a real hard time um getting getting into it because of the rule book and it's just a fair warning I think well the other thing though you know of course this is 2022 and you just wa- Watch, watch a video. video and call it a day, right? You know, yep. and so do that. you know we do are. That. We, oh goodness! <laughs> do that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are so fortunate to have that. I would have almost cut my my left arm off to have that when I was trying <laughs> to learn some of those earlier games. Yeah, but the good news is that the game itself is actually not that complicated, right? It feels no. like a pretty straightforward, yes. straightforward rules wise, right? Yep. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. So let's talk about some, let's, let's, let's now like move into the game itself because, you know, how much can one, I, I was going to say, how much can one harp on a rule book? But I was like, I could probably go on for an hour. So, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Do people want to hear me for an hour talking about it? I don't think so. Let's talk about, okay, let's talk about some of the mechanics in the game that were interesting or noteworthy. Um, Jennifer, was there one that really popped out to you, a, a mechanic that you that you really would love to discuss first? Well, you know, it's interesting. And, you know, I'm subbed to the game on BGG. And someone posted, and I'm surprised Paul didn't already discover this himself. What they are saying is a completely game-breaking opening. Oh. A very nasty, awful game breaking opening. Okay. So, so yeah. So, Paul, you need to go check that out. So we can. Uh, the the thing oh. is, no one's responded to it, and you know, a lot of times, and then I'm not talking about Paul here, but a lot of times, these game breaking openings involve breaking the rules. So, at some point, I will sit down and see. But one of the things that is definitely. How can I say the way that Paul would look at a game or another friend of mine against the narrative is people are starting in an advantaged way, in a way that's not obvious, but very, very uh, legal. So, you know, I think that's really cool. You know, I want to see how that works out. I'm really uh, looking forward to exploring oh, the strategies. Yeah. Well, what's the move, Jennifer? Like, you you're know, like, well, uh, what's the... well, Paul, you're saying that you're... Gonna... Gonna... No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I have to do it on Paul and then I'll... Uh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us more. Tell us more what this all means. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, at the start, you start with the four pilgrims. I think it's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and then you, as you point out, Three. you, you, um... You play the card and free up the die, right? Well, the game breaker move is to dump the pilgrim and free up the three die before anyone else can play. Uh, Jennifer, I did that when we played. Oh, you didn't. I did. I'm hey 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 I'm proud of you. And, and it did not it did not break the game. Uh, and it was uh, but it could it could I, I I'm not experienced with it but like. Uh, I, I think Rado in his playthrough did that, and so I was like, "Oh well, this seems like 
a normal thing to do. So let's just do right. it. And then everyone right. yelled at me. Uh, I go like, oh, you're doing it wrong. I go like, uh, whatever. No, no, no. But, but see, you know, you're making a trade-off. And that's one of the most favorite things I like about games is when you make a, okay, I'm going to give this up in the moment in order to get a long-term competitive position against the rest of the players. I would like to just... I, I, before we go any further with this, I would love to... I'm just going to give us a little bit of context for people who are listening who've never played yeah, before. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so what Jennifer is really talking about is that one of the, like, the main things in this game, we talked about uh, cards and dice, is that um, you have a player board, and the player board has three dice on it. And those are the dice that you're going to be placing on the main board for your actions. Like think like uh, like Voyages of Marco Polo or something like that. You put a dice die out there. But you cannot dice put placement, a yeah. yeah dice placement. You cannot you cannot put a die out there until you've played a card from your hand next to that die on your player board. Each die is in like sort of its own slot. So you have to play a card. You'll do the card effect, and then that unlocks the die. Uh, so you the normal sequence is play a card, then unlock a die. But what what Jennifer's talking about is that we have this resource. They're little pilgrims. These little cute sort of toothy they look like teeth for these little guys <laughs> or folks these are fo- actually the, they are, they're 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 folks they're, they're folks. definitely folks <laughs> <laughs> these are these are folks they and they're folksy but they um uh we have these little pilgrims and uh you're going to use them in many different areas of the game but you have the option to just you know discard one from your supply uh and you can release a die before you've played a card um, so that is what Jennifer is talking about in terms of like, do you dare burn one of your precious pilgrims to get that die out as your very opening move? Like, is there a risk in that? Like, I, I, I would say this, like, you know, like you have this like pleasant Miyazaki, uh, you know, presentation. But what's happening is, you know, you in attempt to be the uh the great spirit have sacrificed one of your pilgrims <laughs> in, in order to get a slight advantage over the, the rest of, you know, rest of the other Potoku, like, you know, contend like great spirit contenders. So the, I, I actually like that as that narrative I put in my head. Yes. It's not necessarily compatible with the splash of uh, like, you know, color. <laughs> Did you, so do you like, uh, what do you guys think about, what do you folks think about this? Uh, this mechanic of playing a card to release a die. Um, like, how does that work for you? Paul, what do you think about that? Well, I think, like, there are two things that uh, this game is pivoted upon. One is that, like, you know, basically play a card before you can unlock a die, before you can go onto the the proper board, the, the main board. I think that, that, you know, causes an interesting pacing and timing thing that has... Uh, always uh hurt me <laughs> <laughs> uh but but like you know but like i i understand it and i go like oh this is interesting and the other the other part that we will talk about well, we can talk about now it's like when you place the die there are various locations where you can place them for and in those four spots much like the uh what you call it much like the, the favor of the bot- con yeah, the favor of the comp. Wow, you just had, you just had that you just had that like right in your 
pocket. Just it was just in. I don't know. There's so many things I don't have in my pocket when I need them. So the fact, and I'm actually angry <laughs> that favor of the con is there. Like, it's, it's clear, I'm angry that it's taking the spot of something more important. So in, in Marco Polo, in the voyages of Marco Polo, like you know, the favor of the con is, is a place where you you can put a, a die, and you uh, you get some resources. But the next person must, if they want to use that spot, must play. Uh, a die of equal pip or greater and that is throughout the whole of toku where you put your dice placement someone's going to put their die somewhere and you have to either match or exceed it and go to the same place exactly and know that your dice start off at three two one so like you know it's gonna like you know if you put a three down like you know you're really saying uh you, I don't want other people to come here, or I'm going to make it painful for other people to come here. And there's a certain pacing where, like, you kind of want to be the first person in a location because you can upgrade, or like, as they, as you can cross the river, as it is, like, you know, <laughs> before the other person. And the 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 movements, the actions across the river are limited. So you know, so those are the yeah. two main things. I, I kind of feel that uh, if you understand those things, you've you've and you're that, a board gamer, you've played the, this game before. You've played some version of this game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the general flow of the game, which is you play a card, you unlock a die, you can then put the die out on the board. Depending on the value of your die, that action that you use with it, you're going to get different things. So, Paul, you said you play a three, it means you're saying to everyone else, you can't come here. But actually, it also may just mean I need the, le- I need the level three version of this power because right. I'm going to get something yeah. out yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is, see, that's the thing, is that um, for me, I'm going to play it more because, you know, is the movement area, like, you know, you can move to the movement area for for as an example. Well, is that, you know, is that what you want to do at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. right? And if so, then do I want to upgrade my my die to a four before I even get there. See, that's what's really um, exciting to me is I feel like there's a lot of meta to be explored in this game. There's a lot of um, sequencing, I find. Yeah. You know, when you say upgrade the the die to a four, there's there's a uh, there's something called amulets in this game, and if as you acquire them, you can spend them, and then you can turn your three maybe into a four, or if you got a, a more powerful amulet, it can turn into a five, maybe even a six. So uh, there's like a whole push pull of like, well, I need to send my die out to the board now because I need that action. And um, if Paul puts his three on that action, I can't really send my two there. So I need to put my two there to get that thing. But it's really important for me to do this thing first so I can get an amulet so I can turn my two into something else. So like there's a lo- there is a lot of push pull in terms of how, like when you unlock your dice, when you send them to the board. And then the other thing that Paul just started to allude to is that your your dice go to these action spots and those are uh they're they're that's called like the forest and then there's a river by the forest and then you cross over the river that's the point in the game where i sing let the river let the river run oh. by carly simon and then i cross <laughs> over it the, the song is called new jerusalem featured in the the hit movie working girl <laughs> working girl <laughs> can also sing take me to the river but um uh so you cross over that's the river different, that's a different that's talking heads, Something. right? Actually, I think that might be. Oh, is cover. it? Take me well, to the river. Well, it, 
it references back to slave days. That's all. <laughs> that, that that would be that's that 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 was clearly my goal. I'm like, let me do a slave song. That's what I was wade in the water. That's that's, that's what that was going for. <laughs> that's what I was going for. Um, I'll stick with Carly Simon. Okay, so anyway, you spend you you when the die crosses over this river, the, on the other side of this river, there are like some. Uh, there's like rewards that you can pull from. It's, it's two different types of cards or another type of reward. And it's basically first come, first serve. And there's limited amount of spots to take those rewards. So the reason why I'm telling you all this is you're wondering, when do I go to the board? And then when do I cross that river? Because when I cross that river, like I want to cross that river first because I want to get the best reward for myself. But the moment that you cross the river, you're also opening up a spot in the forest. So there's all sorts of considerations. Right. And that's, again, you know, that's classic worker placement where, you know, you, you have to be concerned about where both where you're going and what are you leaving for the other opponent. The other thing is because of, of that mechanism or that ability, uh, the, the last game we played, which was I played on Tuesday, um, you can basically lock people out of being able to cross the, yes. the river. Uh, the the timing is super important. Yeah. I think it is a game. For me, I found that it's a game about timing. Like that seems to be a central shtick is, you know, because you could, you could do something where you decide to play all of your cards first and then you send your dice out. Maybe you're going to wait for people to vacate. But if you do that, if everyone's vacated the forest spots, chances are you're not going to get the stuff across the river. But that might not be such a bad thing. Paul, I think you played a game once where you kind of leaned into that because um, when you cross the river, your dice go down in value. So maybe you don't cross the river, but the dice you get for the next round have not denigrated. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. The the and and starting with a number one die is always a challenge because when you cross the river, as Ben was saying, your die goes down by one. Well, you can't cross the river with a one die because of that. And so you're like, hmm, what am I going to do with this one die? Am I going to apply the amulet that I get at the beginning of the game? Am I going to let it just kind of do a, a little something, something and work and worry about it next round? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It, it, it feels like there are meaningful decisions in the game and that there's good interaction at least at four players um i mean everything is very interconnected too which is interesting right because you like you need to move there's there's a there's a you mentioned before there's a movement area because you're going to send these pilgrims down a road so you you want to send your pilgrims down the road because that way they're going to get points but they'll probably wind up in a place where they're going to get maybe an amulet or they'll fire off a power that then you can use to build a building and you, by building the building you're gonna go up on the track by going up on the track it's like one of these things where like you fire off a million things all at once with every single action does that do you are you into that kind of uh that kind of play paul it depends it depends like, <laughs> like you know like like ultimately uh uh i've played this game three times and for me i've liked it worse and worse each time really Yes. Uh, uh, to be fair, like it start the first game I played was with Jennifer, and the next two were it without. Just made, hey, it just <laughs> made it bad because 
Jesus' first game was... No, no, no it's cause, cause it was without you. Oh, you're you're I, the X Factor. Like, come on, take a compliment, Jennifer. Take you're a compliment. You're our spirits. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, well, that's nice, because that was not a good night for me. I'm I'm amazed that you didn't hate the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, know I, that was, I actually thought that was a fun playthrough, actually. Yeah. Good, good, because, man, I was, I was not... At my best that evening, <laughs> I I appreciate your your words, Paul. Uh, but I, I will say, like for the game itself, uh, just just for for me, like you know, I I I like I said before, I think everyone who's played some kind of worker placement, some kind of hand management, some kind like you know, like they've played this some some aspects of these games. This is just a new. Uh, what you call it? Uh, assembly of these mechanics that you uh, are. Uh, a uh, new coat of paint. Is that sure, what you mean? Sure, yeah. sure. Yes. But like ultimately this game is about sequencing, it's about timing, and it's about making these little combos that uh point salady like, you know, with a Miyazaki skin on it. Uh like you know, here here these pilgrims are gonna make th- this many points, you're gonna unlock these things to get this, and you're gonna collect a bunch of uh spirits and and for all of it, like the theme was not able to capture my imagination. I felt it was actually more of an abstract, the way that I was approaching it. And the closest, you know, uh, the closest uh, analogous, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, example that has happened in our group was when uh, Trey brought a, a game called Blue Moon City to. Uh, ah, <laughs> ah. And, and and we 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 played it and like you know you're a bunch of elves right and crystals and something like that yeah yeah and, and there were they it wasn't connecting to the mechanics and we just ridiculed Trey about, <laughs> about <laughs> I can imagine I think okay I'm for sure he me, appreciates is, you bring that up that's right that's I know. right yeah for me this was way better than oh, that yeah <laughs> yeah no, no. And I think what it speaks to is not a, a, a matter of what the game is. It speaks to what I'm looking for in a game. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, and, and ultimately, like, uh, putting a bunch of combos together uh, for the sake of putting combos together is probably less interesting to me than to have something thematic and trying to make a combo for that theme. Like, you know, like, like we talked about hegemony. There we go. Finally said it right. <laughs> Uh, like you know, like I, I, I have a, I have a, a thing that I understand. I'm, I'm the working class, and, uh, and I'm trying to do all these things, these make these little combos of these cards to, to augment that, and that really engages me. Whereas, like, I actually don't know what it's like to be like a, a, a woodland spirit to try to upgrade. Really, my, really it really up- seems to come through your personality. <laughs> the only thing I, I, I understand <laughs> is sacrificing pilgrims to get a minor advance. That's the only thing I understand. And, <laughs> and that's not enough to hang a game on. <laughs> I mean, I, I see you, Paul, and I'm like, here comes my woodland spirit friend. So I'm a little know, surprised right? that this does not connect with you. Like, I, I, I will say this. like the, the game, like, you know, I, I haven't seen the physical copy, but the digital copy has... The you know the woodland spirit being this great elk like you know in like uh, spirit yeah yeah way. it is it is like that physically yes and, and there is something very like like oh there's something almost anime like the, you just yeah no no it does have a an, an anime vibe going on at mm-hmm. the same time it is looking at Japan mm-hmm. so you know um, 
you can understand kind of yeah. why why it might have that anime vibe. But okay, one thing I do want to tell people: yes, it has an anime vibe. It doesn't have ridiculously dressed women. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. that's actually the, really nice. Yes, they did that. You know, uh, yeah. Like, in fact, there are there are no human representations. What do you think of them presenting a Japanese game? Is this more Orientalism, or would you call it, you know, something different? I would say, you know, like, I think when people go into mythology and, like, you know, this kind of, like, fantasy type thing, like, it's actually very interesting to see what cultures have, uh, you know, what their fantasies are like. Like, you know, like vampires in uh in the western tradition are very different than what i asked my friends uh, my friend from china like you know what a vampire is like which, which he described like a, a hopping zombie which i was going like oh that's really weird uh and then they go it's not weird it's just different like you know i remember yeah. when i was in thailand when i was three there was uh this horror movie uh horror tv show that i would watch because I was stupid, and now I realize that scarred me. Uh, but like you know, but like, uh, but it's just like, well, like basically what would happen is like there was this ghost, and the way the ghost would come out is like it's attached to some per- person, and then its head would de- uh, detach, and then there was like a basically a glowing ball where its stomach wow. would be, and just kind of float through wow. the. Wow. And and that's my memory of it. It could be completely not right, but like you know, right. like. But I go like, there's no analogous version of that in like a, a Western. So right. Well, well, I, I, I will say this. I will say that uh, from my as a non-Japanese person, I feel like if I were to like evaluate it, it goes. This seems to be kind of coming from a place of respect and reverence. That's, okay. That's, that's, right. That's how, that's right. how they're presenting it. I don't know if that's correct. Like, right. But and, and I'm not Japanese. But I go like, oh, this person is trying. And like, I think. I think, you know, there is a thing as, like, you're failing to uh, be mindful, and there is just complete, like, going, like, I see you as an other, and I'm, uh, because I see you as an other, I'm allowed to treat you as an other. I don't right. think this game is doing that. I don't think okay, this game... Okay, but that, yeah, that's what I kind of... If but I... as, as much, as, much as, I, as I feel that, I would have loved to f- say that it did, so I could say, Jennifer, you are a bad person for liking this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would... Well, you never know. Okay, see, that's the whole thing. You know, I'm always checking myself on on yes. things like that. It, But, you know, as a black person, person you know i mean i'm like you know it feels like thousands of miles away from eastern culture so i'm always interested you know i I mean again like with ben and jewish culture i'm not familiar with it and so i always want to hear you know people who are familiar with it their reactions no no Uh, i i i don't i think i don't enjoy this game because of who i am which is terrible as it is. <laughs> you uh, are the terrible person. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but like, I, I think what it comes down to, like, it's a little, it's, it's cold to me. As much mm-hmm. as like, there's all this artwork, you know, uh, right. it doesn't hold my interest. And it's, and it's, it's. I, I feel like it's really, like, I'm, I'm a person who enjoys a game that requires, that requires interactivity. You know, I, I'm a game that requires people to talk to each other and having to oh, deal with okay. each other. okay, right, right. Whereas, well, on, yeah. <laughs> whereas this game here, like, everyone is basically 
interacting by kind of just trying to place their thing at a time right. when it's disadvantaged mm-hmm. to other people and advantage to them. And, yeah. and, it's and less like, you know, intense like, of an interaction. Yeah, like, right. Like, so, so you're more of a diplomacy style player. I can be. I can yeah. be. But like, but like, yeah. you know, most of the games that I enjoy are games, as Dimitri quoted me, or like said, uh, are above the board. Like this game right. is not. It, this game is not above the board. The game right. is. The game exists in the board, and right. I totally understand like people liking this thing. Like you know, I'm so me? glad. That, <laughs> yes, I'm so glad that you're on here because like I would. Uh, it would sound like a, a a crappy me just crapping on the, the game because no, I, but, but, but no, no, no. But you know, at the you know, we all want to express ourselves uh, in context so that mm-hmm. other people listening can say, "Oh, That's yeah, exactly I'm right. more like Paul. I'm more like Jennifer. I'm mm-hmm. more like sure. like Ben." And so this may or may not be a game for me. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I you know. I, I I feel like the game worked really hard to try to like get this theme, make it feel really thematic, almost as a compensation for relatively dry mechanics. And I don't know if it really, um, I don't think it actually um, succeeded in that area for me. Um, and if anything, like I said before, it actually impeded some things with that rule book. But um, I don't think I would normally care. I don't think I would normally care, except I found that. Um, I found the central conceit of playing the cards and locking the dice and moving the dice. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but I found that the things I was doing with my dice, that the actions I was taking were not terribly exciting for me. That was my issue. I could move a pilgrim up a path. I could, uh, I could get this little Mintima spirit. I could get a dragonfly. I could join them together. Um, I could get the crystals. I felt like everything was sort of, uh, it was like, fine it was fine it wasn't the most interesting but it was fine so the first play i actually thought was really cool i had a really fun time i was like this is actually a really cool game and it's so much easier than it than it looks but i found that with the subsequent plays um the game didn't really open up it sort of felt like i, I sort of was like oh here we go again gotta go i gotta send this guy walk this oh, this okay, thing walking right, and, right. and i gotta get a dragonfly right. i gotta get this i gotta do that it's like all it all felt kind of like i'm um, doing all the same stuff all over again and yeah. um, the card play is not terribly interesting to me. The cards aren't that interesting. There's there's sort of an element of deck building, but there's almost not enough going through right. your deck to get the perks of deck building. Right. And um, and I have to say, there's w- the one element that I actually found to be like I, I don't, I'm not gonna say bad, but I, I really felt like it was lazy. Was um, there are these Kadama tracks. And when you build a building, every time, like, or there's a lot, a lot of times you get a chance to move up. Each area has these little tracks, and you can move up on these tracks. And it just is like, uh, those tracks just felt so deeply uninteresting to me and uninspired, 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 uh, not uninspired. lazy, uninspired, uninspired. Word, yeah. And yeah. you know, there are some times where um, you get like the dragonfly. The dragonflies, the Mitima spirits, they give you perks, they give you things, and like maybe the only one you can afford lets you move up on a track and there's just nothing interesting about moving up on that track there's no little rewards or perks it's just purely uh, um, a method it's a race to get people to interact like oh I'm I'm the highest at the end of the game I'm going to get points because I'm going to be the highest on this track it's like a, a very rudimentary form of interaction and 
that just it just was like this. Sometimes I, I would I would I would uh, be facing some sort of option. I could do this and move up on a track, or I could do that, which gets me like a, a piece of wood. And I'd be like, Ugh, both these choices are like deeply uninteresting yeah. to me. Yeah, I just want to say I suspect, and I don't know that we will get there, or even if we should expect to get there. I suspect there's a lot of wonkiness in going after one thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that all you do is get cards. All you do is go along the path at the bottom. All you do, you, you know, because it, it, I hope this makes sense, but it has that kind of Stone Age feel to it where, when you know, it's really funny with Stone Age. Um, you know, people play the game and, and it sounds just like what Ben and Paul are saying. And then they play with Bruce and they're like, I never knew the game was like that. <laughs> Brutalized. <laughs> Brutalized. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what this game probably is. But who, you know, just like I was saying on the Discord, who is going to play it to the level where you can really get tight experience play? You know, and it's uh, Great Western Trail is like that, too. Is, oh, yeah, we just kind of go along with the narrative and we just, you know, build this and we do the cowboy strategy and stuff. But people who pound that game, mm -hmm. completely different experience. And I think that's what you're going to find in Batuko, Batoku if you were to do that. But, you know, given 2022, people don't play the heck out of games anymore. And, I, and I, for me, it wasn't. Uh, it was like it was again. It was like first first blush, cool. What this is a cool game, kind of forgettable but cool. And then each other time, it it wasn't. I I found it harder and harder to to dive back into it. I sort of had a similar experience with Paul. I just wasn't interested. There weren't there weren't paths that I was like, oh, I want to try this next time because I kind of felt like I, you sort of wind up doing everything. And for me, I I found that I was not. There wasn't a huge amount of tension for me. I found that I could actually kind of do everything that I wanted. It's like, okay, right. I want to go. I want to go right. traveling. Oh, Paul took the traveling spot. Okay, I guess I'll do the Firefly, and by doing that, I can actually move up this way and do that. And yeah, it's so cool to be yeah. able to. Do, yeah, it's cool to be able to work those workarounds. But also, there's like not a lot of tension for me as a result. Right. You know, I think the the other thing is as well. See, playing against Bruce, that's not what happened. I mean, you could do that. And he just beats you, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Yes, you can be successful in all these little things. And meanwhile, he's won the game riding away. But, but mm -hmm. this this might actually be a pretty like like we'll probably talk about this in, in like picking your board game groups, like you know, like you're you know, like the things that you want exactly. in a board game group, because like because there is a thing of like matching that vibe that you know, like matching the same uh, goals of the group. You know? Yeah. Yeah, be, yeah, exactly. We probably should move on to that, maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Paul, do you have any final thoughts on? Yeah, on uh, Batoku. Yeah, no, I hated it, but like you know, don't <laughs> uh, don't don't uh, don't 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 not buy it because of me. Like you know, they're like I'm glad well, Jennifer's here because it's her favorite game of the year, apparently. No, no, it was definitely not my favorite game of the year. Isn't that what you said? Like last Number Imperial two. Steam is my favorite game, and see, that's why I don't like ranking because it doesn't tell you relative 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 spacing. 
Yes. You know, and so I would say Imperial Steam is a seven. I mean, it's a nine, and Batoku is a seven, seven and a half. Mm. They aren't, you know, even though two and one is close, but my feeling about it is very, I, I see myself playing Imperial Steam in five years, probably not Batoku. Yes. Okay, cool. And Ben, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I, I think ultimately I land in not, not such a fan of it. I started off being like, that was pretty cool. It did not stick in my mind. There were, I just didn't, I think ultimately I didn't find the decisions to be terribly interesting i felt like a grind at times i felt like i was mm-hmm. just grinding through it and it's a long game and it, there's cool stuff that you do but um it's i think it's for me I, I would say it's a try before you buy i think uh you know there there's enough cool stuff in there that it might just really sing for for some people um but for me it just um I would rather if I'm going to do a game where when I place when I do something I'm going to set off all sorts of different combos. I would I would prefer to play Progo Cap at Regni, which I know you like Jennifer. I know you're not as as big of a fan of it as I am, <laughs> but but it's a game that I I like that one. I just like it's, it's, it speaks to my heart or like Pulsar or, or something like that. I just think there are other more interesting <laughs> games that pull you in lots of interesting different directions all at once. Um, uh, so for me, uh, I would pass folks, on it. Uh, yeah, I couldn't stand progress, so. <laughs> I'm like the only one in our group that is like the, the big progress stand, and it's like the worst. It's that's the worst thing to be in a game group when you're the only one who loves the game. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. Uh, I know of other Suchi fans, and perhaps I should get you together with them, well, and then all date. of you can play progress, but not at my place. That's okay. All. Not at your place. Um, okay, uh, and Jennifer, you said your you, anything else that you want to add about Batoku? No, no, I'm right. totally good. All right, let's move on to talking about game groups and what we look for in a game group. Jennifer, tell me about game groups and what you think about them and what you look for. Well, you know, um, I'm just trying to think the first non con game group that I, um, um, what that I got involved in was with Mark Johnson, a, a a really nice guy that I don't know if you guys know, but he's been in the hobby almost as long as I have, and we both worked at JPL. So we started SoCal Games Day, which mm-hmm. you may have heard of. And that went on for a long time until the pandemic. And um, that was great because, you know, um, they were Euro games because when he started it, there weren't that many Euro games, mm-hmm. but it was focused on Euro games, not war games, not role playing games, Euro games. And it, it grew and grew and grew. And then I started an offshoot of it because it only met once a month and it felt like people wanted to engage more often than that. Mm-hmm. So um, I started it. I started that meetup and then I moved that meetup to my house. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I mean, um, gaming groups can be really, really good. At the same time, you know, the host have to assert 
I guess you would call like being a moderator of the group to make sure that toxicity doesn't enter into the group. Some I guess I should leave. Is that your way of saying I should leave the group? Okay, fine. Uh, fine. Uh, yes, yes, and. <laughs> okay, so let me give you a couple of examples of toxicity that I encountered that I know you don't do. Like okay. there's one group that I'm I was a part of before the pandemic, and he let everybody come in. Well, one of the people he let come in never bothered to flush the toilet. <laughs> this is a problem. That's like literal toxicity. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, rule one, flush the toilets if you're in the game group. Yeah, right? Okay? Right. And it's like, <laughs> ah, you know? And so, you know, or people who don't use deodorant or whatever so you know whoever is hosting has to keep control of toxicity you know i i had a situation where a guy only would play two games and that was it and so he'd bug everybody there like there's 20 people in the group and when you have to play this game you have and then when other people were playing other games he would criticize them for playing you, you see what i'm saying so <laughs> you <laughs> you have to manage right you have a, a good group has to be managed you know um and you you know it's not always easy to do that because you have to face people um i, and I have a question may yes. i ask a question i have a question jennifer yes um, sorry to interrupt. Um, oh, my question is: You mentioned SoCal Game Days, uh, meetups at your house. Is there a distinction between a meetup and a game group for you? Well, you know, for me, what I would like today, I'm I'm uh, playing games with friend of the pod, Mike Nikoloff, right? And but it's just me, Bruce, and Mike. That's it. That's more of a session, right, than a group mm. versus, let's say, the Ventura strategy game group that I also belong to. And then a lot of people come and a lot of different games are 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 there. Now, when I was running my meetup, a lot of people came. And I think at a meetup, you could have an expectation that, let's say that you kind of like light games or middleweight games uh, or you like heavy games that you might find people with likes the same as yours yeah paul what do you think what are game groups for you like for me like you know i'm like how should i say in the best way the analogous situation is i'm a person who enjoys long road trips i I enjoy long road trips with with my friends and and people no one really goes like hey you know what i want to do i just want to drive what you, what you really want is the experience of in a car with your group and like hanging out together. So you know, I I probably lean more towards uh, a Dimitri style uh, approach to games, where uh, I'm I'm using game groups as a way to facilitate activities with people that I have things in common with and my friends, basically. Like you know, like, I, I feel that. To have a good game group, the things that I look for are a similarity of like manners or like worldview. For example, like yeah. uh, I've I've been in some game groups where people just get really mad, you know, like 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 
and I love it when people lose their mind in our game group. <laughs> but that's only because like the people who lose their mind don't normally lose their mind. It's just a, right. a fu- it's a fun thing. If you always lose your mind and and turn red and like you know and I don't yell, turn red. I don't turn red. Uh, yeah, uh, Steam comes out your ears. Then that's probably not the best gaming group for me. You know, like uh, other people, like you know, like 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 a, a person who yells in anger. You know, uh, that I, I've been in board groups where people do that or like have done that and. Everyone just goes like, "This is the person that gets to do that," and I'm like, "Yeah, there's no amount of, you know, board gaming that." Uh, but you know, it could also be Toxic. like, but it could also be like a different match of uh, expectations. For example, I, I I always I always talk about how our board group is not really interested in proficiency. We we're all fairly good board gamers, and we'll play a game and we'll get good to a certain level but then we plateau whereas like you know someone you uh like bruce for example uh seems to drill down and just play it and get really 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 good and and that's not necessarily the right vibe for me all the time if i'm playing a game where i'm i'm wanting some banter i'm wanting some connection and the person is only looking for blood that's that's a that's a it's a different it's not wrong it's just a different but, thing that I'm looking but, for. But wait 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 did you just say that you aren't looking for blood while playing a game? Huh? What? This is part of the like, meta game, like, Jennifer. Okay, okay. He's trying to disarm. Like, like, us. That's right. That's right. Let, 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 let me let me be careful. Let, 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 me, let me rephrase. I'm not necessarily looking for win. I'm wanting blood. Right. Exactly. Well, I <laughs> let them. Wait wait wait. Who is this? What? I don't know this man. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm similar too. Like I, you know, my my thing is um, when I think of what a game group is to me, I'm usually thinking it's about you know seven to ten people usually, um, and it's usually you know I think of you know if if there's like a large group of people of like twenty or twenty or thirty to me that's to me that feels more like a meetup. And then, uh, to me, a, a game group is usually the same sort of core group. Interesting. Okay. That that's that's just how I view it. I mean, we all have different definitions, but in my mind, that's how I view it, and I see it as like a yeah. It, it, um, they each have like game groups have different sort of like uh, unspoken vibes. pacts. You yeah. know, there are some. There are some where the vibe is like we were all friends first. And like we will we'll we'll bust out a game, but the it, the game is like a, the central thing that we as friends are all doing. But it's it's like these are my friends who I was friends with first, who I know are cool with gaming, so we'll play games too. I have other game groups which are more like it's about the game first, and then the friendship has friendships have built around by the the act of gathering to play the games repeatedly friendships have built around that and there's there's that too but i think the common denominator is about being on the same wavelength with people having the same expectations of how people are going to interact how people are going to to like approach the idea of gaming um obviously toxicity flushing toilets <laughs> we want everyone to flush their toilets like just um, you know like i i've it, when I go to Essen Day, there's going to be a part of me that I go like, oh, should I flush or should I not flush just yeah. to get Jennifer to, we're just to gonna, lose her mind? We're going to keep it. There'll be no flushing at Essen Day. 
No flushing. <laughs> right, really. <laughs> no, but I, I think for me, uh, you know what I want? I, I want people that are going to respect my boundaries. I want people that are going to... Um, I, I want to be able to banter with people. Um, but right. I also want people yeah. to be as pre- I want people to be present with the game that we're playing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, in the same way. I'm very way. bad at that, but I'm going to be better this year. That's right. At banter, <laughs> at banter, or being present. Yes, and yes, and <laughs> right, really, or right. flushing the toilet. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, part of it is, you know, yeah, it's the reason, folks. By the way, that I don't get invited to a lot of these TTS things is because their bedtimes and my bedtimes are completely different. Yeah, that's and a, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been awake since four thirty, five o'clock. What? And, yeah, and they get up at noon probably, but um, so it 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 creates this kind of dichotomy. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but um, for me, I don't really mind if people aren't present. The only time that I mind if they aren't present, and this Paul got angry with me about this a long time ago, is if I'm teaching. If I'm teaching, you need to be present. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you're, you know, if if you need, you know, I mean, all of the people that we I play with in Game Brain, many of them have, you know, intense jobs. And if, you know, your publisher, your producer, your whoever is texting them, they have to respond. I don't, you know, I, I don't expect them not to respond. I think that for me being pre- being present is really important to me. Um, I think that responding to texts or whatever does not uh, mean you're not present. I think there's a okay, way to be, to be both. I think that um, being present means that you're not checked out of the game because you can still you can check it, your, your it's phone an and then you're, you're engaged. To me, it's the equivalent of people talking in a movie theater when people are yeah. not present. It's wow, like wow. See, yeah, this that's... is why, folks, I don't get invited. To... <laughs> <laughs> but this is. <laughs> Do you talk during movies also? No, I no. I, <laughs> no but that's that's actually to me the analogy of it like you're you know because some people they like to talk through movies because the movie is the vehicle that's creating a social experience and for sure by the way i want to say there are there are definitely are there are the certain there are ter- certain movies that are meant for watching and talking and talking back to the screen but there's some people who just have like but conversations not in, the, not in the theater jeez usually no, not in so, the theater there uh, are some theater yeah, there are some theater see, movies that are, are built see, for that i yeah. do check out of games when i'm when i'm losing really bad you know i mean i'm gonna be honest i mm-hmm. i i i am known for that unfortunately and unfortunately i lose nearly every game i play with them so ben is like hmm i just don't know but, <laughs> but, but when you win you are merciless <laughs> <laughs> that's because it only happens twice a year <laughs> what, what can i do but i you know i am working on um being in there the other problem is folks is that i'm hard of hearing mm. and so sometimes the banter i just i don't understand it and mm. so it's hard to stay checked in when you don't understand what people are saying and you don't want to say, huh, what? Sorry, mm. you know? And so, you know, I'm going to, you know, have to take more um, care about that issue, especially if I ever get to game with Ben again. <laughs> you know, by the way, please any always say, huh, what, 
what did you say to me? Because I will always say it again. Because any chance I have to say what I had to what I had to say a second time is exciting for me. So because he, he right. just loved the sound of his own voice. Well, oh, no, but, no, no, no. He asked me to sit, repeat this. Let me hear. Let me hear myself again. Yeah. Right. At the same time, he has a great voice for the hard of hearing. I can oh, hear it. Now, Paul's voice for the, not saying it's a, you know, bad or anything, but for the hard of hearing, for me, is harder to understand. And it's nothing that Paul can control. It's just his voice. I mean, his actual sound of his voice. And his personality, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a yes, dad <laughs> thing. It, 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 they're hand in hand. Like, there's one thing that I can't control, but the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't want you to, because he's all. You know, it's it, he's always so funny. He was a little. I was a little afraid of Paul when I first met him, but uh, well, I'm not any anymore. So. But but there there is this aspect where if if there's one thing that I would need in my board game group. Uh, for people, like is uh, is that they laugh. I'm right. a bit, I'm a laugh oriented person as far as like in my board gaming. Like I'm, uh, like I'll go into a tournament and then there that's not an appropriate situation to to like ha ha ha. ha all, but you know, but like, but like if I'm gonna sit down, like it's eight o'clock, we're gonna we're gonna play a board game, we're gonna hang out. Like if the person is so unwilling to engage in the people and only engage in the game right. that's that, that's a that's a tone that i'm not cool with it's not, it's not i'm not cool with it's not what i would want in my right. experience because sometimes p- people go to tournaments because they're shy Ooh. or they don't feel socially comfortable <laughs> and so the tournament gives them excuse and excuse not to Concentrate, and so sometimes you may want to think about, you know, bringing them out a little bit and mm-hmm. see what you know how that affects them. You know, no, I, mean, I remember one. Yes, I remember I was playing my first Netrunner tournament, uh, and uh, Matt and I we uh, we had played Netrunner by ourselves, and we thought we were so good, like oh blow. And then like you know uh, we went to this uh, tournament and. Uh, like it's like a you know nothing Jon Snow situation where like, <laughs> I, I I like man I were completely out of our depth. It's like it, it's like uh, Dunning Kruger gone like gone mad. Like we were so it, it was so disheartening. But I was being torn apart by this one one kid. I, I assume he was going to divinity school or something because he was just so nice. And I was going like ah oh, you're murdering me, you know, like in in this kind of like uh, joking way. And he was, it just, it just hurt him so much. Like, oh, you know, uh, uh, and I was, I was going like, oh man, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was like, uh, but he was, yeah. was but like this, I'm, like shy, eviscerating prey mantis kind of. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, I mean, one of the great things about board games is that for people who are introverted, who are, have social right. anxiety, it gives a way to like engage in something that's social or to have play. Um, while not having to rely on social skills, which is excellent, and it's that's one of the that's such a wonderful facet of gaming. That's that being, me. Oh, really? You oh, consider, are you an introvert? Yes. What? I I would. I, I, <laughs> well, that being said, though, like that's that's a great aspect of gaming, but it's not what I'm looking for in board gaming uh, because i i enjoy like paul said the banter and the laughter 
And and there's a way to have the banter and the laughter and be engaged in the game all at once. And right, so that's like right. what I get really excited about. And like those times when I have uh, played a game with people who are just um, not talking or not bantering, it's just really all about the game. It's, right. you know, those times when I've done that, it's usually been because I just want to see how the game plays and it's fine, right. but it feels soulless. And then I say to myself, and then I go through this process where I say, wow, like, that's how I decided to spend my time this afternoon. I'm like, I'm so obsessed with having to learn how to play this game that I just had this very soulless, sad experience. Right, right. And we it's like, why, like a, <laughs> why, why, why do I yeah. do that to myself? We, we have a friend. It's a bad hookup like that and i am working with him to be better he's your project did i play with him like uh, oh hey paul i'm working with you too you just don't 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 (laughs) there we go (laughs) see what you do is with the toilet you press down on that thing you press down on it every time (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be a mate no but honestly though i you know, the hobby attracts people of a ver- completely varying set of, you know, personalities. Yeah, no. And, you know, and sometimes some of those personalities don't really work. But the person's intent isn't to, to be, you know, not engaged or... 100%. You know, 100%. Well, well, yeah, and so what I, you know, I do, I really do, because the problem is people like the people Ben is talking about, they don't get many invites because no one likes that hardly. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my friend who is like that or has been in the past, it's like, look, you know, we're here. You know, we all didn't show up to watch you take a 20 minute turn. You know, and so you need to <laughs> to engage to make mm-hmm. this a little more interesting. He's an an aeronautics engineer, by the way. Oh, like, uh, like, well, I, I will say this: like, you know, I have no problem with shy people who don't know how to, who, who don't feel comfortable interacting. Like, uh, because like, at least I'm comfortable with myself enough to create an environment where. I can either encourage or force interaction because of, of, of you know, of how I approach, you know, my gaming. The, the thing that I have probably the hardest time with is people who prefer competition rather than connection. And that's, mm. and that's a totally valid thing. That is a totally valid See, I feel like a lot of times in the games that I'm playing with, some of you at least, that you do prefer competition. Well, we, I, 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 then I suppose I would say I don't like people who have a a competition intensity greater than like our particular group. Like, you know, we can really work on like, like, you know, I should probably do a a segment on like how to get better and how to be competitive. But like, you know, but we, we just plateau. We choose to, we don't, we're not studiers of a game. We don't, we don't play 30. The only person who does this is Elder. Elder. Right. Elder plays 30 games in a row and goes right. like, oh, I'm just starting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know, but, but, but 
But what I mean, like, for example, dominant species, right? Huh? Which was a big problem, apparently. I wasn't there, you know, because you, you pound the, you know, you pound the game into the floor. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to break this game and we're going to play this way. And, and, and I'm not used to that. I'm not opposed to it, mm-hmm. but I'm just not used to that. I mean, I think Jennifer has a point that, that the game brain group is definitely competitive um, or at least cutthroat maybe actually which yeah. doesn't sound actually like a nice thing but that's kind of the vibe which is that when we play games people are gonna people are always gonna try to take like do what it takes like they're gonna do right. something cutthroat because it's like that's the turn that they, that was what was given to them and there's like there is an intensity for sure and there's a lot of discussions that like maybe aren't in other groups like discussions of like well this is a bad design decision or like oh well why why would they design this this is silly or there's discussions of is this balanced there's like a lot of discussion about um the design of the game rather than just being present in just like the experience of the game and that's not a bad i'm not saying that as a criticism but like those discussions and that cutthroat nature sort of does give a competitive a sense that we're thinking yeah, about the and, game and from and all it angles can be, it can be inhibiting honestly because you don't feel like you you can meet where they are right mm-hmm. so they're talking about all of these things i'm you know, listening or trying to listen with my bad ears. And okay, I can relate to some of it, but some of it, what? Or, you know, they don't, the other thing that Game Brain doesn't do, they don't respect the narrative. So in Dominant Species, for example, you're supposed, oh, I know, uh, Viticulture. And what Tom was talking about with people just playing for the culture and never making any wine. Because I, I had a great statue, and and two buck chuck that I tr- sell to Trader Joe's is a valid economic model. I agree. By the way, I actually agree. That is a valid but, but it's not the narrative of the game. Uh, the narrative of the game says make a bunch of wine. Right. No, I it's run I a good I, winery. Run uh, a good run winery. A good, that, that, actually, but, like, but, but you, you go, Ben. I was gonna say I wanted to add. A, I was saying all this stuff before. I wanted to add a but to it. So like we, so game brand, we talk about design and this and that, and there is a competitive vibe. But the reason why I think our group is so fun is that for all that cutthroat nature, for all that discussion about about stuff that like maybe takes us out of the experience of just the game. There's a social component that's really strong, and there's like a really right, fun right. social. There's good banter, so all that stuff that exists, but it, it works because it's part of the discussion. There is discussion about these things. The, the fact that there is discussion about the design shows that there is discussion happening, and it's it's engaging and it's fun, and people are are playing in a certain level, and everyone sort of says like. That, yeah, this is the vibe of Game Brain, and we're all here doing that. And I've got other game groups where the vibe is not like that, and I, I play different games with them or have different experiences, and that's right, that right, works there, too. Right. Like, like, yeah, I, I yeah because I, that's the other thing, because, you know, one thing I did want to mention uh, about this is that you were talking about certain games, Ben, that mm-hmm. you, you didn't want to show to your friends because they'd want to play it all the time yes yeah yeah right i know and i'm like huh you know Um, (laughs) uh, well it just felt like you know i'm gonna deprive my friends of something that they enjoy and so that's that is not (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, and. Yeah, that's right, that's right. No problem with that. I got no problem you with that. You know what? It's, it's. And so, you know, that's the other thing is that you have to, I mean, to me, you have to be sensitive what to what the group wants to play. You mm-hmm. don't come in there with War of the Ring and yeah. they want to play Sagrada, right? At the same time, we are entitled to play what we want to play too. And the way that I have managed that is to finding different game groups or different people mm-hmm. to to game with. Because, you know, um, I can get my friend Mike to occasionally play 18xx, but I do have one friend who loves 18xx. Mm-hmm. So then, I, when I'm going to play 18xx, I invite him over. But I wouldn't necessarily invite someone else who doesn't like 18xx at all. So, so here... I, I know what you're saying about like, it sounds like I'm just saying I'm depriving my friends of what they want. I mean, look, I'm not a restaurant here where I'm obligated to serve. I'm not obligated to serve up the things. No, but in all seriousness. He's McDonald's, right? Gotta love it. No, no. In all seriousness, one of the things is with those friends, you know, like, so those friends are friends that I was friends with before I was in, into board gaming. And so we have a rapport that's really fun and special. And when that rapport then gets to take place over a board game, it's so fun. And for me, I am like, I, I, I know that there are games that they would be able to access and play and enjoy. And we could have that rapport. And one of the examples is I've talked, this is a perfect example of a game group thing. I've talked before how I, have my casual HNXX game group. And it's my friends and we play HNXX games online and we play them sort of sort of casually. I mean we're competitive. We take cutthroat moves, but we are not those games are not lasting hours and hours and hours. We're not thinking about every single facet. We're just having fun, laying the tracks, you know, investing, doing what we like pulling smart moves, being yeah. like trying to rust when we can rust. We're we're still play, we're not being like silly but but we are but we approach it with sort of a we approach it with a casual demeanor but we play it for real and those are the same people who love sagrada if you can believe it they love sagrada <laughs> and 18xx and the reason why sometimes i want to like not have the games like not have so much sagrada in my life is because look we were able i was able to get introduce them to 18xx and I might not have been able to do that if we we're always playing Sagrada and Azul all the time. So that's that's sort of like my thinking on that. And also, I wanted to play 18xx. So I mean, like, it, it's this aspect where I think in a board game group or groups, like whatever you need, like you're trying to get an experience, right? Uh, and, yeah. and and that's and and ultimately that experience includes a board game, but it also includes a tone. I think like I think the way I would describe it is like. Every board group has its own tone, and there's no wrong tone. There's only a tone whether you can adapt to it. You, you called it wavelength, Ben. Like I, th- I think that, like you know, you're trying to find the ones that give you the tone slash wavelength that you want at the time. You know, like there are times when you want to play with people who are really going to be competitive about Agricola, for example, and that's and that's the game. Everyone's going to be heads down, and you're going to just mm-hmm. take freaking. Whatever, so that you can plan your family growth. <clears throat> but that, but that said, like you know, a lot of times, like you want to play a game. Uh, 
you want to play a game that how should I say it in the best way? You want to play a game that facilitates other things, conversation, discussion, all these things. And really, the game itself is not necessarily the 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 main situation. Right. I, I I'm a big foodie. I will go to like fancy pants haute cuisine places and spend four hours having a a a dinner a dining experience and go oh my god this was so good and like you know let's talk about every single nuance of the food i will also go to mcdonald's or panda express with my friends and still eat and we still hang out they're different experiences they're both involving food None, not one is better than the other. One definitely costs more, <laughs> but, but like, but like, you know. But the idea is for me, and, and my particular thing is like, in one hand, I'm just wanting to hang out with my friends. Panda is the vehicle which that is. In the other one, this four-hour experience is something I want to experience with my friends, and I think we can all have that in all, yeah. and board games as well. Yes, yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, sure, and see, sure. that's the other thing, too, folks, I mean, the listeners out there. Keep in mind that we live in the biggest county in the country, you know, and that we there's 10 million people that uh, that are within an hour of wherever. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live. And so some of you aren't going to ha- be able to find all of these different people and we understand that and maybe we should at some point talk about how to you know work out when you want to play something and you're in a small rural town or you know even just a place of a few thousand and what do you do or when you just love prago cop at regni and you're <laughs> cutthroat the board I game know. group says no. Um, there's so. nobody who wants to play that crummy game. <laughs> well, the, 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 per- the person who's been denied the most in our board game group, by the way, is Dimitri Portnoy. Because the, there's only one game he wants to play. Teach you? It's Teach you. And it is our shtick to go, no, not today. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows what twenty twenty two has in store for Dimitri and Tichu? Maybe it'll maybe it'll get to the table. Yep. Um. I, but anyway, thank you guys so much. This has been a great. This conversation actually could keep on going and going. But I know. Um, you know, like it's we've we've talked a lot, and uh, at some point we have to put down our mics. So thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for for being here. Um, you've been listening to Game Brain. I gotta get the music ready because this is the best part. This is my game. Is this, this is the sure. test. It's the test, right? Is if it? I can get, if I can synch- uh, coordinate me ending the end of the episode spiel with the music. Okay, so you've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at Game Brain Pod. Dot com And thanks to Edamar Peleg for our incredible graphics. Be sure to check him out on Instagram at Kerbuloni uh, or his website, Kerbuloni.com. You can reach us at email, uh, by email at contact at GameBrainPod.com or at Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Thanks for listening. And go play some games with friends or make some friends with games. Close.